Good morning and welcome to worship today. My name is Will and I'm the pastor and it's a joy to be with you. If you're joining us online, I want to say thank you for uh, making us a part of your worship experience. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other people. And that's my hope for you today, is that you feel that sense of belonging in Jesus and also are able to commit and connect with others. Right now, I want to say a word of prayer for you as as we get together and as we worship God this morning. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your, your spirit I thank you for the ways that you have brought us together to worship you. I pray that you are blessed by our worship and that you open the heart of each one who is here to worship you, to experience life with you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to share about a time when I was in high school, and it's getting further and further away. And as I have kids in middle school, I just don't like to admit that. Um, but as the gray hair, gray hair comes through, um, I, I ha- can't help but admit that. But I remember when I was in high school, I was a part of this, this group in high school that was in charge of, 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 of doing a Thanksgiving like food drive. And, and thinking back on this, it's crazy that they put us high schoolers, especially someone like me, in, in charge of a food drive for our community. Thinking back on it, I couldn't even remember all the stuff about it. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes there's just things that there's like mental blocks on. And, and, and a good portion of high school, I've got mental blocks on those areas. And, and I don't know, maybe that's to protect me from some, some traumatic thing that happened. I, that's, that's for somebody to psychoanalyze. But, but I'm amazed at how they let us high schoolers run this food drive. Basically, we turned the whole school into a competition between homerooms and different groups and classes to see who would bring the most food in. And, and I was looking at my old annual uh, this past week and trying to find some more information about this uh, for our young folks. This wasn't on social media, um, but I tried, so I wasn't like this, 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 permanent record of it, so I had to look it up, and, and I found that, that it was called the turkey race, and that de- different groups and classes would, would compete for it, and kind of pulling on the ethos of the early 2000s when I was in high school, um, we, we had a theme, and the theme was what we probably thought was most important. It was a blue-collar comedy tour, um, and so that's one of those things, if you know, you know. It was a, a cultural milestone for, for my high school and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, I remember this gem of a picture uh, of Larry the Cable Guys out on a turkey. And once again, I'm just talking about old pop culture references that are dating me to a certain period of time. But it was like, I cannot believe we, we did this. But it, the cool thing about this, it was up to us students. They, they invested in us students and in, in leadership. Leadership and, and said, you know what, your job is to collect this food and then your job is to distribute it. So we'd get in groups and then deliver the food to communities, to families, and in into their homes all around our community. I couldn't imagine kids doing that this day as you, you, you send out some 17-year-olds into to people's homes to deliver food into strangers' homes. But that's what we did. And, and I had a pickup truck then, as I do now, and so I would always sign up to deliver as many boxes as possible. And during my, my senior year, we were able to supply uh, three months' worth of food for like 92 families. I can't even begin to 
believe how, how big of an impact that was for, for a bunch of high school students trying to do. It was really, really neat. I, I kind of started wondering, I wonder if they still do this today and how they do it, because surely they don't let high school students go into strangers' homes and deliver food. I mean, I can't imagine letting my own kids do that. But, but it, was, it was one of these first experiences in my life when I remember what it was like to serve what it was like to, to volunteer and to really do something beyond myself that wasn't connected to my parents, that wasn't connected to, to my family, but it was something on my own that I, that I went out and participated in and, and really tried to help other people. And, and what I realized in that is that it felt good, that it was really neat to be able to serve someone else, to help someone else. And, and, and every, every time that I have participated in helping and serving since, not only have I seen that this is something that helps other people, but it's something that, that I have also been changed by, that I have also been impacted by. See, here at Kern Church, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a, of a message series talking about this type of change. We're, we're talking about harvesting a breakthrough in your life and looking at different practices that God uses to bring miracles and breakthroughs into people's life. And for the past two weeks, we've been talking about prayer and how prayer is probably the foundational mechanism, the foundational thing that God uses to bring about miracles and that God uses to bring about breakthroughs in people's lives. That's why we started our, our prayer walking campaign, to, to get out into our community and to pray for God to move in the lives of our, of our neighbors and the lives of our friends. And, and this week, we're going to explore a different way that God uses and that is how, how serving others is a key to breakthrough. How serving others is a key to breakthrough. You know, if you've ever volunteered or served to help others, you likely already know and I've already felt a little bit of, of what I'm talking about. I mean, many times people go and, and they volunteer to help others, but yet they, they leave with a smile. They leave realizing that their lives have, have been impacted in powerful ways. There's been even research around this. The Harvard Medical School published some research about this several years ago about how volunteering is directly tied to, to better health markers, to better blood pressure, to, to, uh, to long your living lives and to reducing stress. That, that just the act of doing something beyond yourself, to volunteer and to make an impact on somebody's life can have a positive health impact in your life. And have you ever volunteered at a food pantry and left smiling? Maybe you volunteered at a shelter and realized that, that those that you're working with are receiving miracles or breakthroughs in their lives, or at least they're working for them, but yet you in your own life receive something in, in, in return, receive a miracle, a breakthrough in your own life too. You know, hopefully when you volunteer or serve others, you're doing so not out of way to just experience something in your life, but you're doing so to have a positive impact on someone else's life. And then as a side bonus, you too might be able to experience a breakthrough. And here's the thing, God has always intended serving, God has always intended serving others to be a way for God to use to bring breakthroughs and miracles in life. And I want to talk about how this is kind of laid out in the Bible. So if you have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, I'm going to be looking in the Old Testament today in the book of Isaiah. So if you don't know where the book of Isaiah is, you've got a great table of contents at the beginning of your Bible. But also if you open like to the middle and then go a little bit further, you'll get to the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to be looking today at Isaiah chapter 58. 
And Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, is named after the prophet Isaiah. And what you find if you read the Bible is that the Bible is really kind of inventive when it comes about like naming itself. And so, you know, Isaiah writes prophecies and the book of Isaiah is called Isaiah. Um, I find that funny. Nobody else seems to. But like, we're not even coming up with good names. We're just naming it after ourselves. And that's, and that's what we do in the Bible. So, so I, Isaiah is this prophet. And, and here's the thing about prophets. Oftentimes in, in today's culture, we get this idea that prophets are about telling the future, about soothsayers, people who predict the future. And there's some of that in the Bible, but oftentimes prophets in the Bible are not so much interested in predicting the future, they're more interested in kind of speaking truth to power and saying hard and difficult things to the people that are around them, especially people that are, that are, that are religious or people that are in power, to speak hard things to them. And oftentimes, this gets the prophets in trouble. So what I'm going to be reading today comes from Isaiah 58. And this is one of those times that God uses a prophet, a guy by the name of Isaiah, to speak some hard and some difficult truths. See, God is speaking here, and, and what, God, or what God does is speaking through Isaiah, is God opens by describing the people he's about to speak some hard words against. Here, here's what it says in Isaiah chapter 58, beginning in verse 1. They seek me day after day, desiring knowledge of my ways like a nation that acted righteously, that didn't abandon their God. They asked me for righteous judgments, wanting to be close to God. Why do we fast, they say, and you don't see? Why afflict ourselves and you don't notice? What he is saying here, what God is saying here through Isaiah, is that the religious people say they want to be close to God. They say they want to be close to God with their mouths. In fact, they even participate in religious rituals that are designed to help them connect with God. But as they do that, they feel as if God's not listening. They feel as if God's not responding. And so what Isaiah says is that when people ask, why do we fast and you don't see? Why afflict ourselves and you don't notice? God replies in the second part of that verse, in the second part of verse 3 and says, yet your fast day... Yet on your fast day, you do whatever you want. Yet you go to church, but you do whatever you want. That's what he's saying here. And you oppress all your workers. You quarrel and you brawl, and then you fast. You hit each other violently with your fists. Now, God speaks up and basically says, you talk a good talk, but you don't walk the walk. You don't live your faith in your life. The reason you can't find me and the reason you you can't find the miracles and the breakthroughs that you're wanting me to perform is because you go through life living however you want and you just do these little religious, religious rituals on the side. You say you want to be close to me, but your actions do not follow through. Your actions and living do not follow through with what you claim to believe. You, you mistreat the people that work with you or work for you. You, you go out and fight and violently assault people. You, you talk bad about other people on social media. And Isaiah didn't say that, but if Isaiah was writing in 21st century America, he would say that. Let me guarantee you, guarantee you that. God isn't interested, you see, an empty religious ritual. God isn't interested in a faith that sounds good, that, that sounds good, and that isn't lived out in daily living. And what, it, what, what this is all about and what Isaiah is about to say, speaking for God, happens then in, in the next part of that, in, in, in verse 4. Here's what, here's what God says there. You shouldn't fast as you are doing today. 
If you want to to make your voice heard on high, is this the kind of fast I choose? A day of self-affliction, of of bending one's head like a reed, of lying down in mourning clothing and ashes? Is this what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? God is basically saying, don't just do the religious ritual and feel good about yourself. Instead, God continues in verse 6, isn't this the fast I choose? Releasing wicked restraints, untying the ropes of a yoke, setting free the mistreated and breaking every yoke? Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry? Well, that's really where it gets close to home. Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your home, covering the naked when you see them and not hiding them from your own family? God says the kind of fasting or the kind of, of church I'm interested in is one who helps people get out of bondage. It's one who helps people that are downtrodden. It's one that will give food to the hungry, shelter to those who don't have it, and clothes to those who are naked. God, God is getting them ready to understand that serving others is a key to breakthrough. And today, I know that, that people often see church as, as, and religion as something that is irrelevant in their lives. And I think a lot of this has to do with the way the church has acted for, for many, many years. Often being about their own stuffy rituals or their own traditions. You know, these are things that, that might have been meaningful, might be meaningful to some people, and, and might have been meaningful at one time, but yet they aren't inspiring faith and, and, and hope in, in new folks. And even more than that, oftentimes we find that, that churches aren't serving and reaching to work to bless other people and, and help people find breakthroughs in their lives. And if you aren't serving others, if you aren't, aren't living for, for God in the lives of others, you're not setting yourself up to, to be an agent of miracles and breakthroughs. And and you're not about to receive that in your own life either because serving others is a key to breakthrough. And this is what God tells them next. God, God says, this is, this is how, how you need to act. This is how I don't want you to act. And this is what God tells them next. And, and, and here, God brings it home really clear that serving really is a key to breakthrough, not just for those they help, but for their own lives as well. Because God says when you do this, when you bless other people, serve other people, you will receive goodness in your life. You will receive miracles and breakthroughs in your life. And here's what he says in in Isaiah 58, a couple different verses. In Isaiah 58, verse 8, for example, uh, God says that that when when you serve others, then your light will break out like the dawn, and you will be healed quickly. And then in verse 10, um, if you open your heart to the hungry and provide abundantly to those who are afflicted, your light will shine in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noon. And then in verse 11, the, the Lord will guide you continually and provide for you even in parched places. He will rescue your bones. That's like rescue your bones. I mean, that's deep. He, he will rescue your bones and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water that, that won't run dry. If you, if you bless and you serve others, God says, God will bring forth in you, in you, God will bring forth in you life like a spring that won't run dry. God will bring breakthroughs and God will bring miracles. 
And not only will it happen in your life, we, we find from Isaiah that you are also going to get a reputation for this. If you live faithfully and not just like speak your religion and speak your faith, but if you live faithfully by serving others, you're going to get a reputation for it. The, the people, people will learn that you are one that is known for serving others. People will learn that you are one who partners with God and bringing breakthrough. And the kind of reputation that you're going to get comes in verse 12. Because he says that you will be called mender of broken walls, restorer of livable streets. I mean, if you live the faith that you say you live, you will be called mender of broken walls and restorer of livable streets. God says all this miracle and all this breakthrough happens not when you do the right religious thing, but when you serve others, when you feed others when you clothe others, when you, when, when you heal others. And all of this is because serving others is a key to breakthrough. In light of this, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you as, as a person? And, and maybe you're a person of faith. And, and if you're a person of faith, what does this mean to you as a, a person of faith? Well, I hope that it means that you want to make a difference. I hope that it means that you want to make a difference in the life of someone else. I hope it means that you want to serve. I hope it means that you, 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 you will live a life looking out for others. And I want you to know that this doesn't have to be some formal thing all the time. This doesn't have to be some type of big campaign that, that you respond to. It's not the United Way campaign that, that you respond to. It's not something that happens in a big way all the time. You can do this in your daily living. I think about a story that Jesus told one time. He was telling a story about what it means to be a good neighbor. And he said one time there was this dude who was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho and he got, um, he got accosted by a group of bandits and beaten and he was left for dead on the side of the road. And, and, and then all of a sudden, this religious person, two different religious people started walking up towards this guy. And, 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 and here Jesus is anticipating, yeah, these religious folks are going to help this man and, and give him, you know, take him to the hospital and help him get what he needs. But what happens is that the religious folks were more interested in their, their, their right belief and doing their religious things. So they just passed to the other side of the street. And they go on their way, leaving, leaving this man for dead. I mean, this is the kind of people that Isaiah was talking about, who, who praised God with their lips, but didn't live a life of faith in their own life. But then there was this other guy who was also on the journey, and this other guy saw, saw the, the man who had been left for dead on the side, and he had compassion on him. And he bent down, and he bandaged his wounds, and, and then he carried him off to a place of respite, and even paid for his care there. Today we know this guy as, as a good Samaritan. And, 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 if you, and if anybody knows anything about faith, often they know about the good Samaritan because charities around the world are named after the good Samaritan. Someone who, who does something unexpected to help someone else. And if it wasn't for this good Samaritan, if it wasn't for the, the breakthroughs that happened in this good Samaritan, I mean, this guy probably would have died. He was left for dead. You see, you don't have to go out of your way all the time to serve and to help others. There are opportunities through your whole life that it can just happen naturally. There are opportunities that are going to come across your plate where you can just help out and serve others in your daily living. And when you serve others, you make a positive impact in the life of another. You make a breakthrough possible for their life and a potential breakthrough in your own life. 
Remember those studies I shared about, about how serving others and volunteering is good for your health? Well, they kind of drilled it all down as researchers do and quantified this. And, and so you can take that and believe it for what it's worth. But they said as few as 100 volunteer hours in a year can have a positive impact in your life, have a positive health impact in your life. And so if you're someone that does really complicated math, you can divide 100 by 52 and get the exact number of hours you need to participate in a week, but maybe you want to take two weeks vacation, and, and so think about 50 weeks in a year that you want to volunteer. That's two hours a week. That's two hours a week. That's, that's all it takes to make a positive impact in your life. And two hours a week, you have to be intentional about that. But that's what the, the researchers say is really all that you need to begin to have a positive impact in the health that you experience. Think about what it would be like. Think about what it would be like if serving others is something people of faith were known as, known for. Even at just two hours a week, if you just consider two hours a week, think about if, if, people had a, if people of faith had a reputation of just always serving others and volunteering at least two hours a week, if this whole church was, was made up of people who served and, and volunteered and made their community a better place. Isaiah tells us what will happen if you do this, that you'll get a nickname. The nickname will be Mender of Broken Walls, and restorer of livable streets. Now, I have to admit, this isn't the catchiest nickname. Like, this isn't something you're probably going to put on a bumper sticker, but I love it. I love the impact that this speaks of, the real impact of, of mending those things that are broken and restoring those things that are cast aside. And so I'm excited now to, to leave you with, with one final thing to do. Serving others is a key to breakthrough. And I want to give you the opportunity to serve and to make a positive impact beyond yourself. Next weekend here at Kern Church, we, we are hosting our, our annual Thanksgiving food distribution. We have recently partnered with the Second Harvest Food Bank to be able to, to bless 100 families in our community with food for their holiday. And some of you have already signed up to receive a food basket. That's wonderful. Some of you have already signed up to volunteer. Thank you. Some of you have already given to help us pay for these food baskets to help bless our community. Thank you for, for doing that. Uh, but today I want to invite you to serve to give you a chance to make a difference in the life of another, but also to give you a chance to start working on those 100 yearly service hours that you, you need to, to live a long life and to be healthy, to be a miracle and a breakthrough in someone else's life, to have the opportunity to, to, to also harvest a breakthrough in your own life. And here's what you do. If you want to volunteer, sign up to volunteer, all you need to do is, is to just scan this QR code in your bulletin. It's like our next steps code. You can go to kernchurch.org slash next or, or scan that QR code and, and click the link to, to our Thanksgiving food distribution. And, and that's right where you can sign up to receive a basket, but it's also where you can sign up to volunteer. Volunteer to set up, to help with the distribution, or to help clean up. And, and if you're wondering, we've got about 20 of these food baskets left to be able to give to our community. So if there's somebody that you know that needs food, help them get signed up as soon as possible. And together, I really believe church. Together, I really believe that we can make a difference. We can serve others and help them find a breakthrough in their life. And God might just bless you along the way. 
Because serving others is a key to breakthrough. And I want you, I want you to harvest that in your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you today. I thank you today that you give us an example of, of what it means to be faithful. And it's not about always saying the right things or, or, or looking a certain way, but it's just about helping other people. Sometimes it's just about serving other people. And so my prayer this morning is that, that, that each one who hears these words will look for ways to serve others. Look for ways to serve others in their daily life, like the Good Samaritan, the one who just found someone hurting and lend a helping hand. And I also pray right now for, for our church. As we, as we get ready to receive a multitude of food and to help at least 100 families this next week, that, that you will help others respond to volunteer to serve. You will help others to be a part of the breakthroughs and miracles that can happen. And I also pray for each one that will, will receive one of these baskets. That you will be working in their lives to provide miracles and breakthroughs of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities. Give this all to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to say a word of prayer for you today, and I'm going to pray our breakthrough prayer. And if you're new here, we have a breakthrough prayer that we invite our whole congregation to pray together at 1101, and it's in your bulletin. And I invite you to take that and maybe make that a prayer of your, your own this week, praying for miracles and breakthroughs in your life. Let's pray. God, send forth the resurrection power of Your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities in my church, in my life, and into our communities. Give us the boldness to follow Jesus into Your new and unknown future. May Your Spirit come. May Your will be done. Amen. Church, go forth with the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.